Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. So excited to have Taylor Tomlinson with us today. She's a stand-up comedian. She's an incredibly sweet human being. She's currently out on the road touring Deal With It, her comedy hour that if you get a chance to see her in any of your cities that she's in, you should. We talk about how she was raised in a very... uh religious and conservative household. She started out comedy in uh, church, started doing church shows and how wild of a ride that is. We also talk about the mental health uh, aspect of it all and how candid she is uh, exploring and exposing her own mental health issues on stage and uh, online. And she gives some tips for finding a great therapist. And uh, we talk about what's next for her. Just a little bit of everything in this episode. I had a lovely time talking to Taylor, and I hope you enjoy it. Not Too Deep with Taylor Tomlinson. Um, thank you so much for making time to talk to us. You're in the middle of tour right now, right? I am. I am in the middle of touring right now. I'm touring forever. <laughs> yeah, how is that going? And also, I'm so curious, do you... Is there a set route that you go on or a set number of shows that you aim to do? Or is it just kind of unrolling or rolling out as you perform? Oh, no, I basically just go wherever my agent sends me uh, and tells me the routing makes sense. He's like, so we have you in these three places. And I'm like, those seem kind of far away. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) Trust me, from my desk, you'll be fine. (laughs) It seems okay. Yeah, like this week I'm in Texas and you know, you look at your schedule and you're like, Oh, Austin, Dallas, Houston, that'll be fine. And then yeah. you're like, well, it's like a three hour drive between mm. each of those places. And the alternative is like, you take a really short flight, but then you got to go to the airport yeah. and you're at the mercy of airlines and whatnot. Yeah. So it's just easier to drive, but driving through Texas is not yeah. very entertaining. <laughs> so much time to think about so everything. <laughs> Okay, well, I want to go back and hear your story about how you got into comedy to begin with. I, uh, you started as like a teenager doing stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a very uncool story. Perfect. Um, I, <laughs> uh, my dad wanted to take a stand up comedy class from like a church comedian. I grew up very religious um, yeah. when I was a junior in high school. And so that's how I started doing stand up is in a class with my dad, who I think <gasps> thought, you know, we would just hang out or something. Like, I think he thought he was funny and I was like a writer. Like, he's like, yeah, we finally, I, I, he absolutely was not taking me thinking like you could do this at all. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I started in like churches and like schools and like corporate things, weirdly enough, like, cause I just wasn't allowed in comedy clubs till I was 18. So, uh, you know, it was a, it was a very strange beginning and it wasn't until i was like you know 18 19 that i started going up in comedy clubs and i was like oh it, this is where comedy is supposed to happen <laughs> these people react differently yeah <laughs> what is it what's like the vibe of a church comedian like i can guess or assume uh but based on your experience like what's that person like <laughs> that person is typically uh a a very uh, conservative middle-aged family man that's typically what it is so i don't know why churches were hiring me at 16 17 wow. to come in and just make fun of the fact that i hadn't been asked to prom that year like <laughs> it was so dumb 
they were using you to reach the younger audience for them. I, I feel guess. like <laughs> I did. Look, I played a few singles events for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, which are which are some weird crowds in a in a church on a Tuesday night <laughs> with a heart hanging off a cross. Oh, um, so strange. So, so much strange. imagery. <laughs> <laughs> but the OK, so do you now attract any religious audiences or has that ship sailed? I think I get a lot of people who grew up religious. I don't know how many people I get who are still like devout Christians, <laughs> but I get a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, I grew up that way too. And like relate to the jokes I make now about growing up that way, because yeah. it is such a part of you. And so, so in your bones, kind of, uh, and so much to untangle yeah. as you get older. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like so much low hanging fruit of, constant paradox and like uh <laughs> just mm -hmm. total things that do not make sense or contradict each other very often it seems yes yes the so when you move from doing safer church related things into like more traditional stand-up comedy was it like a culture shock for you and did you have to say like this is still something i really want to do yeah, I think it was. I mean, I I hadn't been to a comedy club until I turned 18. And then I just went to watch a show. Yeah. And I think part of me hoped I wouldn't like it because <laughs> then I could stay, you know, in in my parents' good graces. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, yeah. if I can just be if I just could be a church comedian, but I didn't really see that for myself and I didn't want to. And I didn't know what I believed. And yeah, I, I do think part of me was like, well, at least I, I know what I'm doing over here and I have such bad anxiety. I was like, man, I don't want to figure out how to navigate this, this club world. And I just loved it so much. I was like, damn it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I was really, really clean material wise until I was like 22. So yeah. I was, I was church friendly for a really long time before I was like, I, I would like to talk about some other things because if you're playing churches, even a little bit, even if you're yeah. only doing a church every once in a while, they will fire you for a tweet that has innuendo in it. Wow. Wow. They like, dig that I, deep. Oh yeah. You're like, this sucks. I don't want to like yeah. build my career in this space where you can be canceled for just being human. Yeah. And it is kind of funny that they have so much time in between all their loving of the lord to look through your social media <laughs> i know right i'm like shouldn't you have been praying i don't yeah. know seems strange <laughs> well you talk about anxiety and one of the big things that i love that you talk about so candidly is mental health stuff is therapy is all that jazz um i'm curious if that was just something that was so true to you that you couldn't not talk about it or if it was kind of like a conscious effort to be able to bring that to stage? Oh, no. Unfortunately, um, I just have a lot of shit I'm working on personally. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm not good at writing jokes that are about anything other than my own life and my own experiences. Uh, I wish I was. I wish I was purely observational. I was like, have you guys been to Panera Bread? I wish I was that, but I'm not. And so, uh, you know, it, it it's just what I'm personally going through yeah is what ends up on stage so um i think that's what it is i also like you know you get you get kind of like 
low-key disgusted with yourself if you're posting too much like cool shit online yeah a hundred percent i think you do a really great job of towing the line between you know cool shit and your promotional stuff and then also just like real raw this is what i'm going through right now with not necessarily a punchline to it which is very i think nice i i think sometimes people think comedians might be disingenuous with like their pain or their struggle or whatever it might be looking for the punchline for it um i'm curious with that because you talk about therapy do you have tips for finding a good therapist Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> I, I think you have to treat it like dating. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people will see one therapist and therapists are people, too. And some of them are terrible. Yeah. that not that crazy to realize? That really kind of um, disillusioned me for a while because I was of the mindset that, like, I, I have a lot of anxiety and I just a therapist is a therapist. And me getting to therapy is a huge success. And then mm-hmm. realizing that hmm, this isn't helping that much. Is it me or is it them? Oh, it's them. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, it's really hard. And like, a lot of times the really good ones aren't covered by insurance yeah, exactly. because they're really good and they don't have to take insurance. Totally. So it's just, it's very expensive. And, you know, uh, thank God there's things like better help and stuff. But I mean, even that, like I've tried every, I tried two different, like, app-based therapy Mm. things and like didn't like either of those people but I have friends who have done it and they found like the perfect person on the first try I saw somebody years ago for like a year and she was good for like a year and then Mm -hmm. she stopped being good Mm. or I did I'm not really sure (laughs) like sometimes you have relationships and they only last a year and that's that's very true very get what you need and then the therapist i have now was recommended to me by my psychiatrist that's good so you just have to find one yeah that were one mental health professional that works for you and then go who do you like yes in these other areas yeah so true uh and also i had to remind myself that like i guess the ultimate goal of therapy is to not be in it forever and that if they're doing a good job, I might not need to see this person continuously in the future. That's possible. I I, I don't dare to dream that big for myself. <laughs> I'm hoping to get down to like twice a month. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby steps. <laughs> Hell yeah. In uh, talking about like the stuff you reveal on stage, you said that you obviously prefer to write stuff that you've experienced. Do you draw a line on like how personal you'll get or how personal the things you'll talk about will be? You know, it's so hard because there have been times that I wrote jokes about things that I then decided like, you know what, I'm just not going to do this. Mm. And then later on, I find a better way to talk about it or it's, I'm trying not to work through things on stage yeah, as that much. Was, that was a question too. Like, do you approach bringing up something that is like thought through, but not necessarily resolved innerly for yourself versus like, I've got a handle on this. So now I can retroactively talk about the chaos of going through X, Y, or Z. 
I think now I'm trying to do the latter, but Mm -hmm. previously I was doing the former. I remember my old Mm. therapist said that at one point where she was like, maybe we just keep some of this in here for us. And I was (laughs) like, you think we're talking about anything I haven't written a joke about? Like I'm here because the writing a joke about it didn't work. Like you're the last stop on the healing journey for me. Um, But you do... I I think that writing jokes about stuff will help, but only up to a point because mm. you are still talking about it every night. Yeah. And like the hour I'm doing right now, we're getting ready to film the next special in a few weeks. And Ooh. I'm really looking forward to not doing this hour anymore because I am proud of it and I like it. But it's just like, a it's very personal and it's yeah. a lot to talk about. And every night I'm like, why am I so drained? Like, Mm. this is like, this just feels very tiring. And I think it's because I am sharing so much. Yeah. I mean, especially when it's really true to you and stuff that is meaningful because it's like heavy shit occasionally, like that will exhaust you because you're human. That proves you're human and not a robot. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. I'm sure some people are like, I mean, make an appointment <laughs> with your therapist. What are you doing here? We're trying to have date night. Um, but I am, again, I am proud of it. And I'm I'm happy with where everything's ended up. But a lot of the things I'm talking about in the hour on tour right now is like stuff that I worked through for years and I'm still consciously working through mm-hmm. or things that I thought I worked through and then mm. realized I hadn't based on how it was affecting other areas of my life. Because if you don't deal with that like deeper shit, it starts popping up in like your personal relationships and like Mm -hmm. your approach to your career. And you go like, oh my God, does this all really go back to this one thing that happened to me when I was a kid? That's Uh fucking bullshit. I know. I get the formula of the child trauma constantly pushes through into the, uh, unconscious and conscious and all that jazz. Um, but I, I get sick of that being the formula and I'd I like know. to just be at the conclusion now for myself. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. The, um, so workshopping. So you're about to film your special, uh, a new one. The, what's the process like to go out and to workshop a full hour? Do you try to get it into its totality before you even bring it to stage or are you kind of putting it together? in pieces while you are out on the road. Oh, you're definitely putting it together in pieces while you're out on the road. I mean, once we get this filmed, I'll probably, I already have, you know, whatever, 15, 20 minutes that isn't going in this hour Mm. that will then become like the base for the next one. And I already have like a vague idea of sort of the subjects I want to touch on in the next one and how that's all going to come together. But wow, it's, yeah, it's really like, Cause when, once you film a special, it's like a countdown until it comes out. And then once it comes right. out, everybody's like, well, we don't want to watch that if we come <laughs> buy tickets to see you live. Right. <laughs> and I am filming this special in the middle of a tour, which wow. is maybe not the way you're supposed to do it, but it's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it'll probably come out towards the end of this tour. Mm-hmm. And then by that point, I'll hopefully have, a a brand new hour or at least an hour that wasn't um the special but yeah Yeah. it it takes a long time it takes like a couple years to write all the material 
do it all together, figure out what makes sense to do together. The last like month or so, I was adding jokes that were newer and then realized I had too much Mm. stuff. And so then I was like taking jokes away. And now I'm still at a point where I'm like, okay, we want it to be this length. It's this length now, but that leaves some leeway so we can cut stuff out later. So we're just going to film all of it and then probably edit. And uh, it's really, it's just a lot of spinning plates. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it seems like it's a constantly evolving process for yourself. Mm -hmm. It must be. No wonder you're tired. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for making time to talk to us. But uh, then we go take a nap after this. So tired. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I have more questions for you. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Hello, listeners. Grace Helbig here, wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the App Store, and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Do you have like rituals before you perform or when you're traveling since it is so much is like out of your control? Yeah, if I'm exhausted, I try to nap, uh, (laughs) which happens like half the time. And I'm not a huge... I have not been a coffee person in the past. And now Mm. that I tour like this, I kind of have to be on the road. And actually lately I was getting back home on, you know, Sunday, Monday and feeling like just shit for like a day. (laughs) And I'm like, why do I feel so bad? I thought I was sick the first time. And I'm like, oh my God, the first week out, I'm already sick. And I came to realize it was just caffeine withdrawal because I was drinking like five coffees a day just to get through it because I would get up early, fly all morning or all day. And then you know, have two hours to get ready and then go do two shows and two meet and greets and go back to the hotel to go to sleep and do it again in the morning. And I was having like a coffee in between shows just to keep it going. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's been interesting. (laughs) I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I'm also caffeine like is big crutch situation. So I don't know how you would do it otherwise. (laughs) Like I don't see how people, I guess people meditate. That's what I hear. (laughs) I can't, I can't keep up with it. But also caffeine's like so bad for your anxiety. So yeah, it's such a nightmare. Like any time that I have gotten off of caffeine, it's always lasted like a month. And I'm like, I feel really good. Like Mm -hmm. once the headaches subside and you stop wanting to kill yourself, you're like, wow, (laughs) good for me. And then you're like, I could have it every once in a while. And then pretty soon you're just back in it Mm -hmm. because it's, it's necessary. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, that old caffeine. (laughs) Do you, if you talk to someone when you're traveling that's a stranger and they ask you what you do do you say that you do comedy or do you try to avoid that 
Oh, I try to avoid it. Usually it's like a rental car counter situation. They'll be like, what are you in town for? And I'm like, oh, just work. And if they're like, what do you do? Then sometimes I'll be like, oh, comedian. Or other times I'll just be like, ah, it's boring. Just nothing. (laughs) I've said real estate before. I don't know. I don't know if that (laughs) even counts, but I'm just like, oh, it's really not interesting. Like I just, I try to avoid it. But then also my email has the word, has like comedy in it. So I'm like, I should change this. So people don't know. And my, my credit card will say it. My business credit card will say it. So you're like, Oh, this was, I did not think this through, but yeah, if I'm in like an Uber or something, I'll absolutely lie. I'm not trying to have the, what have you done (laughs) conversation and tell me a joke. Yeah. Um, Okay, we're going to switch gears a little bit. And I'm going to now ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that's on the podcast. Uh, The first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Ooh. Mm. I guess guess somebody who's into that. (laughs) Somebody, I'm sure the first person who comes up when you Google cold spaghetti fetish. Mm. Because I don't want to cause anyone any harm. That's really oh. considerate. I also don't know. I truly have no guess at all into who the first person would come up. <laughs> and I don't know if I want to venture down that search path. I'm going to guess they're on Reddit. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's I'll go with that. <laughs> that's very considerate of you. Um, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like a bathroom oh. emergency situation. But... You can only use three words or like small phrases to describe the event. So, for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, three words is hard. Or like a little phrase. A phrase? Like, can I use like four words? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um... I will say I appreciate this extremely moody lighting on whatever know, you're about so, to the say. Sun, the sun came out in New York. <laughs> no, I love it. It only adds to the ambiance of what this narrative will be. <laughs> um, okay, I may, this might be four or five words. I'm going to say uh, high school marching band parade. Oh, wow. Were you in marching band in high school? Yes. Okay. Yes, I was. That's even better for the yeah. story. Then. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't like interrupt a parade. Either way, <laughs> it's a lovely and horrifying tale. Um, okay, now we have a section of the podcast called Deep and Hot, where we have a deep question prepared for you. And uh, we're going to ask you a hot take on something um, that comes to mind. So... Deep question for you is, do you allow yourself to feel successful? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. I try to, I'm trying to get better at it because I found that being self-deprecating and humble is sometimes really annoying. <laughs> for Have yourself? You or for... No, for other people. Yeah, um, there's, there's, um, what did I, I read some, uh, probably a BuzzFeed article about how Gen Z, the things that they hate about millennials, the, is like cringe culture and like self deprecating humor that they're like over it. And I what? was like, 
fuck you. Guys. <laughs> like, They're over self-deprecating humor. They think it's unnecessary now. I think they're a oh culture of like mental health, self-love situation, but BuzzFeed didn't expand on it. So who knows what the actual reality is of that. But I think a millennial wrote that. <laughs> I do. I'm with you, though, that like I find people that uh, kind of effortlessly exude humility, very attractive in like a soul sense. Um, but I do find that people get sick of that as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the alternative is. I am a very not confident person in like bragging about myself in any way. Yeah, I think people want you to be grateful mm -hmm. and humble, but not self-deprecating and dismissive and downplaying. I think yeah. it's like a very a very hard line to toe at times because I tend to be very like, well, you know, I only got this because of this or that, like wh anything to take. And people get really annoyed. They're like, shut up, <laughs> like just shut up. Okay. Or if you're like complaining about you're afraid of this or that and people are like, you should just appreciate how well things are going. Oh. Like people just want you to be grateful. And I, I think it's fun to watch people be excited about being successful. Like mm -hmm. I feel that way looking at people I consider to be successful is when they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm, so, I feel so lucky. I can't believe I get to do this. And I'm, I'm so grateful and stoked for what's happening. Yeah. I think that's a good place to be. Um, so that's where I try to, I try to live is just like, man, this is really cool. And I'm glad that I got here. And I can't believe it. And, you know, there are always going to be people more successful than you, people less successful than you that deserve it just as much as you. Like, it's good to have perspective. Mm -hmm. But it's also important to, to let yourself feel good about what you've accomplished, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. It's so much easier said than done. It's like a, truly a practice in gratitude, I guess. But then also, yeah, I'm with you that like, I don't know why I can see other people feeling good about their success and feel good for them too, but have such a difficult time doing it myself. Yeah. And nobody wants to listen to somebody complain about mm -hmm. how they are unhappy or want more when they are doing well. Yeah. Because that's not attractive either. Like, so the answer is yes. Sometimes I do, but I have to, I have to work on it. It's like being yeah. present, you know, yeah. you have to go like, Hey, take a step back, look at where you are and what you're doing and be aware of the fact that this is what you wanted mm -hmm. and now it's happening and be present for it because you spent all this time thinking about it and now you're going to miss it. If you yeah. spend the time that it's happening going, yeah, but I don't, I don't deserve it. And I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't be here. And I'm not really that successful because I don't have what this person has. Like, it's yeah. just, yeah. Hey, I'm with you. Um, all very relatable uh, thoughts with that. I guess it's kind of uh, associates with that hot take on if you think social media is 
a real window into a person. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I absolutely do. Because even if people are posting like polished versions of themselves, how people want to present themselves to the world is a window into who they are, I think. Yeah. So I think if someone's all selfies, you're like, well, I kind of know who that person is. <laughs> yeah. I may not know what they look like in the morning, but <laughs> I I think I get a sense of who they are at least a little bit. Yeah. Do you, What's your relationship with social media, generally speaking? I mean, it's just part of my job. It's yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, if I wasn't working in entertainment, would I even have this? Because mm-hmm. I have a friend who got off of it while she was in law school. And she's like, oh my God, I feel so <sighs> free. She's like, I never think about posting. <laughs> she's like, I have this blank profile now. I have to like check on you and the few friends I want to keep up with. Like she was on uh, Instagram the way my grandma's on Instagram. Yeah. She's just like, I have this blank profile. <laughs> with a suggested username to to watch people's stories who I love. But yeah, I really, I fantasize about that where I'm like, that would be amazing. But it's, it's a chore. It's really a chore. Yeah, it's, um, it's very tough and evolving. Is there a platform that you prefer? Or is there a platform that you absolutely hate and try to stay off as much as possible? Uh, I don't know if anybody is anyone on Facebook anymore. I think <laughs> I think I technically am, but I don't run it. Yeah. Um, Instagram we've all worked so hard on, and now that's starting to feel uncool. <laughs> I know. Is I feel like I blinked last when the pandemic started and was like, all right, I'm gonna try and figure this Instagram thing out, and now everyone's like, we're over on TikTok, uh, and no one looks at that shit right now. I know it's so hard. It's so hard, but. TikTok is really fun. I really like TikTok. I mean, I posted a TikTok uh, months ago because I thought I was having uh, a re- reoccurring UTIs. And oh. it turns out I got all these comments on it of people who were like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And I'm like, obviously. <laughs> but there were a few people who were like, oh, it might be this other thing that's not that. Because I was going to the doctor and they're like, you don't have a UTI. And so then I had to like, see, this is, again, this is me oversharing. No, it's great. Um, this is helping. I, <laughs> I finally, I saw like a, a, spe- a, someone, multiple people on TikTok were like, you have to see like a, like a gyno urologist. And I was oh. like, what even is that? And I found one and I went to her and she was like, she was like, oh, you have pelvic floor dysfunction. And I was like, what? Huh? That's, but I had heard of it because of that TikTok post Whoa. because a bunch of people had said, I thought I had this, but I didn't have, I wasn't <sighs> getting infections at all. And that's why every time I went to the doctor, they were like, you're completely fine. Um, but you were in a lot of pain. And it, it's like, the it, you just have to like stretch and like not be stressed. <laughs> it sucks. The doctor was like, you can do a phys-. She's like, if it doesn't get better, we'll do physical therapy. She's like, but it's like, it's like anxiety, essentially. Wow. It sucks so hard. Wow. And so TikTok yeah. helped you get to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it is a helpful place. Okay. I think it is. Also, it just feels like not as many people who know you are on it, even yeah, though that's yeah, yeah. not true. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's me. It's, it's, I haven't 
committed myself to like using it consistently because it just I feel like a grandma on there being like, this is too overwhelming. But every person is the funniest person on here. And I have nothing to contribute to this platform whatsoever. I oh, can I just observe from a distance like creep. But who am I to try and do what these people have already figured out completely? 360. I'm just, oh, I'm just watching like 22 year old girls turn their vans into a home and drive across the country going like, should I be doing that? And it's like, no, you're old. Do you have a fantasy backup plan? If let's say in some hypothetical bizarro universe, comedy ceases to exist tomorrow. Is there some like a re renovating a van and driving cross country situation that you would endeavor into? I mean, when I was younger, I just wanted to write like young adult novels. Yeah. And like live in the woods. Yeah. But I'm too scared to live in like an isolated place by myself. <laughs> so I'd want to live in like a rural area, but there's still like uh-huh. a good amount of houses around. Yeah. You know, like like but, a, suburbs. <laughs> yeah. Well, not quite like like less than the suburbs. I know. But, I, I feel like that's yeah. exactly the place that I'm because I'm reaching my max capacity on how much I can handle in Los Angeles. Like how just icky it makes me feel uh, on my insides. And I'm like actively trying to figure out what is that sweet spot town city not completely remote but also not new york city kind of city that offers all of those things i do think about that like when nighttime hits in those like beautiful (laughs) picturesque places it's just pitch fucking dark out and then animals come out and who knows what else yeah and uh that's where my brain wanders to that's real nighttime right there (laughs) yeah exactly that's nighttime with a capital n do you watch anything in between working? Are you watching anything that you're obsessed with now? Or what's I mean, your succession. go-to? Succession's yeah. back. So it is very back. into succession. Uh, other than succession, I don't know. Shows wise, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Anything that's like your go-to, if you have time, you're like, I'm just going to binge something right now. Or I'm gonna, like, I'm obsessed with reality TV. So that's all for me when I have time. Yeah. I wish I was a reality TV person because there's so much of it. I don't, I just don't love reality TV. I've never been able to get into it because I'm like, this isn't real. I know you stay pure. Stay pure. (laughs) (laughs) Sticky web. I mean, but neither is like 30 rock, which I keep watching over and Mm. over. Like, I just, I think I don't appreciate being lied to. I think I have real trust issues. And so when they're like, I found the love of my life. I'm like, you did not like, Uh I'm fine with like, but I'm fine with watching this, but let's not pretend. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then every once in a while, you know, it it is real, I guess. I don't know. I can't get into it. Um, So I end up just like binging, you know, 30 rock or parks and rec for like the 50th time. Nice. Comfort watches on the road are important. Totally. And I mean, they're just classics, just jokes, 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 jokes. My appreciation from for reality TV has just evolved into everyone that's on these programs now seems to understand like the tropes of it and understand like the framework of making a reality TV show. So it there to me is always this undercurrent of castmates or cast members trying to write their own narrative, juxtaposed oh. against what the producers are going to edit their narrative into. And so I love watching when someone 
is trying to push their own storyline and it doesn't go how you can imagine they want it to go. That's incredible. And that makes me want to watch reality TV. It's all, I mean, that to me is what the Real Housewives have boiled down to now. It's just women coming on with exactly who they think they are and what they're going to show television. And then it all just explodes in their face. I love that angle so much. If you ever have, uh, if you get like a stomach flu or something and you have (laughs) so much time, I highly recommend watching with that lens. And it's pretty fun. This season of The Real Housewives, sponsored by the flu. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you're from Orange County, right? Yeah, I'm from Riverside County. Is that adjacent to it? Yeah, it's close to Orange County. So I feel like you grew up in real life with the people that are on like, uh, Real Housewives of Orange County and all of that. So it yeah. probably is a bit triggering to watch that show. Yeah, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I get what we're doing over I've here. That. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to take one last break. When we get back, uh, we have a question that has been submitted by a listener that maybe you can offer some advice on. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, Taylor, we're back in and we have a question that has come from a listener slash viewer um, and it's about friendship. So um, they say, I need some advice. I have a group of three friends that I'd consider my closest friends at the moment, but for some reason, I'm the one in the group they always pick on. They'll joke about how dumb or ditzy or not good at certain things and uh, I am and usually I laugh it off, but lately it's been getting to me more. They definitely do it to me more than anyone else in the friend group. Uh, I want to say something, but I don't want to come off as too sensitive or dramatic, especially since they always say they're just joking when they say these things. I also feel anxious to confront them as a group. What do you think I should do or say? Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, my first question would be, ask yourself, are you really laughing at all? Mm-hmm. Because if you're laughing, they might think you really do think it's funny. Yeah. Like if you're like too convincing, I don't know how good an actor you are. Um, (laughs) But also, are you like reacting to it in like a fun way? You know how some Mm -hmm. people, some people, I'm, I'm this type of person, I think, where I can be fun to make fun of because I will react a lot to it. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my God, seriously? Like, I'll do like that shit. Yeah. And if it's coming from like a loving friend, you're like, you really do mean it. You think it's funny and you don't feel hurt by it. But I think like that can, that can happen sometimes where you fall into that role in the friend group because your friends genuinely think that you're like sparring like everybody it's just a bit you guys are all doing yeah they make fun of you and you kind of react and it's just like a ping pong but if you just kind of like don't react to it it feels awkward and i think people don't want to do it anymore if you just kind of like stonewall it yeah like i've done that with people who try to make fun of me or be too familiar and i don't feel close to them Mm -hmm. we'll just kind of be like Oh yeah. Like you just, you just react to them very in a very boring way. Or like, well, you know, cause you're so dumb. You're like, 
or like, oh, you you just seem really upset. And you're like, not really. I'm actually doing fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That you don't because it if you are trying to be polite and like laughing it off, like you say, and not trying to be sensitive, because I hate that people attribute sensitivity to like less than or weakness or whatever it is, or it being annoying. Uh, cause I've learned that I'm a highly sensitive person <laughs> and it's like, yes. Oh, right. It does feel like it sucks, but it's also just part of you. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're laughing, you're probably giving them an impression that you're enjoying this ribbing or whatever it is in your group. Also, if there is a place where this is like getting too much and I would, if you have a group of three friends, figure out who you think might be the easiest to talk to about it. Like, I don't know if addressing all three of them at once is the right way to do it because it's still, they have strengthened their numbers. Uh, But if there's one particular person that you feel closest to or like safest, just being like, I don't want to be dramatic, but like I am starting to get hurt feelings and I don't want to build resentment in our friendship. Like that's not fun for me. Uh, And then maybe they're able to relay that to the other two in some capacity yeah that's a that's a good that's good advice i would also say like i would preface it with them of going like i know you guys are kidding yeah i know you're my friends like because they'll get defensive and be like what we're kidding like shut up like yeah to, to kind of head that off any response of like you are being dramatic or too sensitive i would just say like look i know you guys don't mean anything by it i ages doesn't make me feel good to hear it over and over Mm -hmm. even if I know that like have you ever had to have you ever had anyone come up to you about any of the comedy you've done on stage that it was a personal friend or loved one that was like hey I don't want you to say that about me or whatever it is I ran a joke past my grandma at one point that I was doing like years ago yeah. And I ran it past her to make sure she was okay with it. And at first she was. And then like the next day she texted me and she was like, you know what? I've just been thinking about it. And I was like, done. It's gone. Like, yeah, completely gone. Don't worry about it. Because like, to me, there's no joke that's worth your relationships. Yeah. And that, I mean, that bodes well, because if these friends really, really love you and they hear you say like, um, this hurts my feelings, hopefully they'll have hearts enough to be like, you got a dude noted. It might not be, we might accidentally do it here and there because it's natural for us, but know that it's not falling on deaf ears, your concerns. Yeah. Um, Taylor, we've gotten towards the end of the podcast. What is coming up next for you outside of shows? Is there anything else? And the new special eventually, is there a timeline on all of that? There is not a timeline on all of that. I have no idea um, <laughs> when that, you know, I'm just kind of focusing on getting it done. Yep, first. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm starting uh, a solo podcast that'll be out in like a couple of weeks. I don't know when this comes Fun. out, um, but that who knows how long that'll last. Uh, <laughs> That's bold. A solo podcast. Wow. Good for you. Look, I just don't have the, I don't have a schedule that allows me to have other people on it with me. Ah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's pretty much just going to be me and my producer um, talking about all the places I'm traveling and also the fact that I am bi-coastal and living in two different places and trying to like the East Coast when I'm from the West Coast and 
and all that good stuff. Cause I think a lot of people in their twenties and thirties are like trying to figure out where they want to live. Totally. Kind of like what we were talking about. Um, especially after the pandemic, Mm -hmm. a lot of people like moved home or decided they didn't want to live where they were living for whatever rent they were paying. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of about that. I don't know how long it's going to go for, but I'd like to, uh, speaking of working through stuff you're going through on your own in a public medium, (laughs) uh, that's kind of what we're doing. So great. for that, follow me on Taylor Tomlinson at Instagram, Taylor Tomlinson comedy on TikTok ttomcomedy.com for tickets i'm on tour forever amazing um before you leave we like to give our guests a little token of our appreciation um and it's a personalized horoscope from us to you that melissa just put in the chat if you'd like to read it aloud okay dear scorpio scorpion of the stars When the sun and Mercury conjoin in Sagittarius, it will be prime time to boost your self-esteem and confidence. Maybe try some mirror mantras like meet man with dreams, crush his dreams, just over and over, maybe. (laughs) It's in the stars. It's in the stars. stars. (laughs) I I will start. Start doing that mantra. I'm so glad that my self esteem is about to be boosted. Hey, for all of us, we're in eclipse <laughs> season or something. I don't know exactly what that means, but I see a lot of astrologists <laughs> talking about it over on Instagram. <laughs> then it must be true. Exactly. Everything on the internet is true. <laughs> Taylor, thank you so much. This has been so lovely to chat with you. Um, make sure you guys are going following her in real life at shows <laughs> and on the internet. <laughs> Uh, and good luck with the special. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs> 